stand this morning and let's praise the Lord.
to our God. Let's praise him again. Hallelujah to our God. Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Almighty God. The maker of heaven and earth is who we're singing to today. And we do welcome everyone that's watching by internet. And we welcome all of you that are here today at Stratford Heights. But we want to welcome the Holy Spirit first. Let him be welcome to come and be in our midst and touch our hearts and lives and prepare us for another day of victory with the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to know him in whom is all truth? We don't have to worry about what he said. We know it's true. He's the Son of God. And that's what we've been studying about, Jesus, the Son of God. He's our Savior today. Let's just thank him one more time. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus, today. We love you, Lord. We praise you for this wonderful day to worship you. Thank the Lord. You look so good. It's so great to see you here today. And welcome the Holy Spirit. You can always tell when the Holy Spirit is working, he touches our hearts, and we just worship and praise the Lord, and things are always accomplished for God's goodness. We've come today to worship him. And this past week, we've had such a good time. We've served the Lord and lived for him, and now we get a chance to come to his house and be together as a family. We're family. Here we are to worship the Lord, and we thank you for being here today. We're so glad that you've come to worship the Lord. We just come from the early service at 8.30, and then our Sunday school hour at 9.30, and then here at mid-morning service. And then we'll be back tonight for the evening service. So it's a whole day of just worship to the Lord, and we thank you for coming. I know this week, you may be seated just for a moment. I know that we had a glorious week, and last week, Pastor acknowledged all of our servicemen because we had Veterans Day at the end of the week. And uh, so I just thought today, maybe since it's the end of the week, that maybe someone wasn't here. And we we'll ask all of our veterans to stand all over the building one more time. Can you do that today? If you've served in our armed forces and you're a veteran today, we want to say thank you again. Amen. Thank you. Yes, in the choir. Praise the Lord. Thank you. We, we honor you and give you praise because you have been... Uh, so uh, noble to do that and we we just thank god for our country don't we love america aren't you glad that we have uh peace in our hearts today and we can come to church and worship the lord i just think it's wonderful to be here and we want to welcome you that are visiting with us today for your first time or maybe second and you've been here a few times but we want you to know that you're welcome and we're going to greet one another at this time so we're going to ask everyone all over the building to uh, stand, leaving our visitors seated, and we're going to find them and shake hands with them. So let's all stand all over the building, except our visitors. You may remain seated. Find someone and shake hands and greet them and say, God bless you. This joy that I have, well, it gives to me this joy, this joy that I have, well, it gives to me. This joy that I have, where did give it to me? Where did give it and work and take it away? This peace, this peace that I have, where did give it to me? 
so excited I'm ready to worship the Lord. I think he likes to play with the ministers. You never know when he's going to stop. We run and we go back. <laughs> but can we get excited this morning about Jesus Christ? There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we can get excited about in this world. A lot of things, but none, none, repeat, should compare to the excitement that we have for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Come on. Our rock, our salvation, the one who bought our freedom. And that's what we're here for this morning, because we came to worship him because he's worthy. You may be seated at this time. We're going to do as we do here. and We love God's word. We love to be obedient for his word. But most of all, we love to lift up others. We're going to pray for the state of Israel this morning. But also, I think it would be appropriate for us to have France in our prayers as well. Many of you may not know exactly what happened over there, but they had a horrible tragedy before that country and now it's a state of emergency there there was armed men that went into concert halls and restaurants and opened fire and killed several people there's 
I think somewhere around 130 that are reported dead, and there's 180 that are injured. Right now, that country is suffering, and so we're going to join with them this morning in prayer and lift them up. Let's pray. Lord, we so thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning in your presence, Lord, and that's where we desire to be. Lord, we want to be with you. We've come to worship you this morning. We've come to lift up our fellow brother and sister as well. Lord, we lift up Israel to you this morning. Lord, I ask that you'd be with your people, Lord, that you would cover them, that you'd protect them. Lord, that you would minister to them and through them, Father, in these last days. And in the same manner, Lord, we lift up France to you this morning for the families that are suffering, those that's been hurt in this terrible tragedy that's happened Friday night. Lord, we suffer with them, Lord. We pray for them. We pray that you would be there with them now and that you would minister to them, that you would console them, Lord, and that you would help them rebuild, Lord, and pick up the pieces after this tragedy, Lord, as we feel for them now. Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do through us in these last days. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our, our ushers are going to come at this time and assist us as we go to the Lord this morning with our offerings as we continue our worship. It's our opportunity to be kingdom builders, to join hand in hand and build the kingdom that Lord's trying to build here in Middletown and through the missionaries that we have throughout the world. It's our opportunity to give back to him for all that he's given to us. Let's pray. Lord, we so thank you for your provision in our lives, Lord, and for what you're doing here in Middletown. Lord, we know that you're establishing a kingdom and you want to use us here, Lord. And we join together hand in hand this morning and we support your work here in Middletown. Lord, we're so thankful for the missionaries, Lord, that you've called to the field, that you've sent to Europe and South America. Lord, we join with them this morning, Lord, as we support what's going on there, that you would use them, anoint them, Lord, to reach the loss of these last days, Father. Lord, we also pray for the giver this morning. We thank you for their heart, Lord, that they're given to you this morning out of joy and out of love for you. We ask your blessings over the offering, that it would meet the needs of this church, Father. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like that. Sing like that. It's 
There is no other God. But thou, O oh Lord, art high above all the earth. Oh Lord, we praise you. Thou art exalted far above oh God.
somebody right now I don't know who you are but there is somebody right now he wants to heal that hurt in your life you're my healer Lord you're my deliverer and I put all my trust in you there's nothing too hard 
welcome you into this house this morning. Lord, we give you full control. Oh, we glorify your name. Lord, we're going to sing this one more time. And if that person is you, accept your healing. Let your praise go forth. Be healed. In Jesus' name, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh,
Everybody on your feet. Let's give him the greatest standing ovation that we could ever give anybody. God, we honor you. We bless you. We praise you. God, today is about you. It's yours. We honor you and we bless you. God, we thank you. We know that you're in the house today on purpose to move and to work. God, we honor you and bless you in the name of Jesus. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Wow, God is so wonderful and so amazing. God is here to do something specific in your life. You might walk away from here and be like, well, the preacher wasn't that good and they didn't sing my favorite song, but I'm telling you, God has something for you in this place today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, I know you're already thinking about standing. I would be too. But let me just tell you, there might be somebody in the room that's come in today and they're like, why are they getting so excited for? Why are they getting so out of hand for? Well, let me, let me explain it to you like this. A lot of us come in and we're closed in. We're boxed in by everything that's happening. And we start to, we come into church, okay. We start to focus on God and praise, praise the Lord, sing a few songs. God begins to touch us. We begin to open up who he is. And, and this is what happens Stuff that happened this week begins to fall by the wayside. Different things that's been on your heart and mind start to get out of the way. Then all of a sudden, we're down to just us and, and how we see things. And then that starts to get out of the way. And then we start to see who God is. We start to get into his presence. And as we praise, we start to see who he is. Like, man, God, God's bigger than what I thought he was. I see a different side of him now. Man, he, it feels a different way. There's more to him, and he's so much bigger than everything that we came in with, everything that we imagined, and that's what we get excited about because we're excited about who God is and what he means to us. That's why we get excited. That's why we praise. And as much as in, an important thing that, you, that, that, that God is here today, it's important that you are here today. We're going to pray over a few things real quick right before we get into the, into the preaching. we got a few things to mention, but I want you to know, if you believe anything I say, I believe that you're absolutely here on purpose. God doesn't see a church or a room full of a bunch of people. 
He sees hearts and individual lives that he wants to minister to and do something. I agree, Gary. The Lord's in the house to touch somebody, to give somebody encouragement. I want to continue to pray for the Beckett family. We had Danny's funeral this past week. That's what the flowers are in memory of. I want to continue to hold up Melissa and the boys. Some other things we need to pray about. Bill Mann. Bill Mann is, in, in some terms, would be at the end of his journey. And God can heal him two ways. He can take him on and give him a new body and give him his reward. Or he can heal him here on earth. But we want to pray for Brother Mann and all the family. That God would just be with them in these next few days. Got a, a Shelby Thompson. Used to be Shelby Stevens. Was one of our secretaries here for years. She is in the hospital dealing with some pneumonia and some different things. We just want to mention her. We do have, uh, we also want to pray for Darlene Bodine. I know she's been in for, for quite a while. She's got a lot going on. We want to pray for her. And, and a praise report is Dona Flatter. We prayed for her last week. We've been, she has been in hospice, and she is actually getting better, and they're talking about taking her out of hospice. So that's, that's amazing. Amen. So we just want to pray for those. We want to pray for those, and we want to pray for your needs. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you that you're bigger than anything we face. You're bigger than anything that we could go through. God, you're smarter than we are. God, you see things through the whole picture. Every complicated situation is simple to you. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You have something that you're working out. So, God, I pray that you would sweep over this room, touch every heart, touch every life, every person that's here. God, every person that says inside of them today, are you there? Do you hear what I'm going through? God, I pray that you would touch every need in this house. And, Lord, touch these families and these names that we've mentioned. Lord, we pray that you would just have your way in them. Touch Brother Man and, and all the family and everything that they're going through. Lord, we pray that you would touch Darlene, minister to her, and Shelby. God, just take care of all these things that have been mentioned, God, and let your will be accomplished and done in them in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Let me read scripture real quick, and then we'll let you sit down. John chapter 4, verse 31 through 34 says this. And while you're turning there, if you haven't looked at Instagram or Facebook in the last week, you already know where the pastor if, if you haven't, you don't know where the pastor is. But if you have, you know where he's at. He's doing his yearly vacation where him and just his family get away for a few days. They are in Gatlinburg this weekend, and uh, he's resting up a long, hard year, getting ready to go in the holidays. John chapter 4, verse 31 says this. It says, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said unto one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to him, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. God, we ask that you just bless the word. Lord, bless our ears to hear. Bless the speaker and let your word be accomplished and done. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Right before, a little while ago, Gary, you might want to be ready with a hot number here. Let me give you some instruction. A little, little while ago, I was in the front office. I hadn't really ate anything, so I searched through the cabinets, and I, find, I found a can of peanuts in there, and there was like 10 peanuts left in it, you know, and I need something in my stomach, so, hey, 10 peanuts will work. So I grabbed them out, put them in my mouth, nom, 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 you know, ate them. That was an awesome sound effect if you didn't catch that. 
I, I, my part-time job is I work for Sesame Street doing voices. <laughs> but anyhow, I ate those peanuts, and they tasted absolutely horrible. And I'm like, I got to looking at the can and flipped it over and deciphered. Here they're expired in 2013 sometime. <laughs> so anyhow, if, if I go running out of here, Gary, or if I drop to my knees and hit the ground, you know, just take off. Take off with I'll fly away or something like that. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, I want to start out today with a story that's going to end up with probably you laughing again, so I apologize. I apologize already. But anyhow, have you ever been in an, you know, we all go to church here. We have great services every weekend. Have you ever been in a service and you just got done and prayed and you just, you got done at the end of the night and you're like, man, I've just, I'm spent. I'm ready to go home, grab something to eat and hit the hay. Well, this past May, uh, we had revival here with Brother Sargent. Uh, we have them about the same time every year. But anyhow, after uh, was the last night, I think it was, I was going through a lot. You know, seriously, I was going through a lot, a lot on my mind and my heart, and I was trying to process through a lot of things. And uh, we all made altars, different places, and prayed. I was sitting in the second pew right here. You know, I got down on my knees and took the classic, you know, fold my hands and put my head down position. Tucked in real tight, hopefully if I talked out loud, you know, nobody else would be able to hear me. But anyhow, I prayed for like 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, it's a big prayer, 10, 15 minutes. But anyhow, if you've ever prayed like this, you know, you focus real good. And after a while, when you get done praying, you, you prayed so much, you can barely get your eyes back open. You've had them clenched so tight, gave yourself like a pressure-focused headache. So anyhow, I, I did that. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to awake from my prayer time, and, and so I pulled my head back. This is very spiritual, so, so hold on to your hats. <laughs> I pulled back just a little bit and I opened my eyes. I had a light blue shirt on, light blue shirt, and somewhere in the midst of my wrestling with God, I started to get a nosebleed, and I didn't know it. So I looked down, and I have this massive pool of blood on the end of my sleeve and it dripped off it was on the pew and and I panic I'm like what am I going to do so the first thing I do is I react I'm like and I'm like I look and here I'm covered with it so like I fold my arms back put my tuck my head back down and the, and my prayers completely change at that point I'm like what am I going to do I'm like, if I get up, you know, there's tons. All of you were standing around. I'm like, I'm going to get up and, you know, sister such and so is going to be like, oh, and, you know, pass out on the ground, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I resolved in my heart. I said, you know what? I'm just going to stay here until everybody leaves. <laughs> and then when everybody leaves, I'll get up and go out. Sounds like a pretty, you know, in, in panic mode, that sounds like a pretty good solution. The problem that I had was is that nobody else in the room knew. They just knew, oh, you know, Pastor Richard's over there praying, you know, so everybody's feeling led to come over and pray for me. God just touched him. Hallelujah. <laughs> just minister to him. He, I think he's weeping even. Hallelujah. <laughs> so one person after another, after another, prayed for me. And if you did, I'm, I'm very sorry. But I, I was going through a lot, so, you know, when people prayed for me, you know, I prayed too. I was sincere, but nobody had a clue. I'm like, everybody thinks that I'm like, you know, ready to just absolutely lose it. 
So finally my wife, she comes over and she sits down next to me. She doesn't get down with me. She sits down next to me, pats me on the back, scrub, you know, the comforting scrub and the pat. So finally she's like, she gets down next to me, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I got a nosebleed. And, and, and her, you know, that compassion, are you okay, turned to, what? <laughs> so I pulled my head back a little bit, and she's like, oh. I'm like, yeah. So, so after, I don't know, probably what was a half hour altogether, there was just a few voices left. I got up and went that way and went right into the bathroom. I looked. I had a T-shirt on underneath my shirt. I took my shirt off and threw it away, washed my face off. It's crazy. I hope you remember that story forever. I would remember it forever. <laughs> of course, I won't forget it. But, but there's a reason. Now we're going to switch gears, and, and, and things are going to get very uncomfortable, and, and not because I'm going to say something controversial. You'll, just follow me, and you'll understand where I'm going with this. First of all, I want you to shake the hands of the person right in front of you. Shake the person of the hand right in front of you. Right in front of you. For you that are on the front, you know, that's an exercise in futility. What was, hey, hey, check this out. What was really funny is seeing the people at 8.30 doing this when they were sitting by themselves. You know, like, <laughs> it was very awkward for them. All right. So look around the room. Look around the room. See all these people here today. Lots of people. Packed. Packed. Some of them heard the pastor wasn't going to be here. Those are the empty places. No, I'm joking. Anyhow, so if you look in the room, you know, you can kind of gauge who, you know, who's here and who's not here or whatever. But I want to I I take a serious turn here and start to show you that just because you can see the people and be around them, you don't know what they're going through. You know, some people, you might have, you know, have a couple of friends, some close acquaintances, you know, you kind of know what's going on in their life. You know, we've mentioned a prayer request or something, so you know. But there's a lot going on in people's lives that you, you don't have a clue. They might walk in and walk out, have tons of things on their hearts and minds, and come in and walk out just the same way. And, and, and for the most part, none of us would ever know. We would, looking, looking at things, we would just, hey, they're smiling. They look like they're having a great time. You know, I've seen their pictures on Instagram. Man, they just look like they're having a blast with life. You would assume that you know what they're going through. But there's so many people that are going through stuff, and they would never know. On the outside, they look just fine, but on the inside, they've got a lot going on. And those people are not only the people on the right and left of you here at church, but those are the people that are at your work. Those are the people that are at your grocery store. And if I can say this, sometimes they're the people in our, in our houses. They're going through things, and we're so busy with routine and how things go that we, we don't even realize that something's, something's wrong and something's going on. I want to, want to challenge you to think, when you came to church, barring the weird situation with the parking lot, you probably parked somewhat in the same place, you came in the same way, you seen the same usher and shook his hand, you seen the same couple of people that sat around you, shook their hands, you've sat down, you're going to stare at me and look forward at the music and the screen the whole time, you're going to get up, shake a few hands again, maybe catch a a couple of hands in the lobby, and you're going to leave. We're in that, we're in that routine. We're caught in that same routine. And, and it's easy to be in the situation and not really see what's going on in people's lives. We all, 
get these kind of blinders and we, we get focused in on what's going on. Now, and I, and I, I, I was going to talk about, these are my parents. You want to give it up for my parents, these two folks right here on the front, front row. <laughs> you know, I get around them sometimes and we don't get a lot of time to hang out. So they catch me at snippets and little pieces at a time. And, you know, sometimes you feel like, hey, I don't have to be Superman in front of my parents. You know, you can just be real. And sometimes, unfortunately, which I apologize, sometimes they catch me at the, at the worst times. And I show up and I'm just like, ah, and then I go on. You know, sometimes I'm caught in the, the same routine and the same traps. But I said all that to, to say this, that the nosebleed story is basically that. To everybody else in that situation, it looked like one thing was going on, but in reality, something else was going on. But there's not a lot of people that are taking the time to really investigate, to really take an extra second to look and see what's going on in other people's lives. What if, what if the people around you just needed a, a, a hug? Or they needed a, a, a handshake and, hey, I'm praying for you. I, I love you. Maybe $5 for a free lunch. I don't know what it is. But there's all kinds of situations of people that have needs in the house. If you can, would you reach by, behind you and shake the person's hand behind you? Real quick, real quick. Awesome. Awesome. Now, what, what I want you to stop and think about, well, well, here, let's say this. Let's, let's, let's talk about this first. There's a lot of times in life, and you know it because you're a human being just like I am. There's a lot of times in life where you get to, get to a place, I'm going to come over here for a second because we never come over this far. Look at that. I'm focusing just on you. There's times... When we go through stuff and we say inside of ourselves, maybe it's a, a prayer or we just think, man, I wish somebody knew what was going on. I wish somebody cared. And there's a lot of times that those same kind of feelings, you know, they fall over to God and we wonder, you know, man, are you there? Do you really see? Are you really feeling what I'm going through? And what the cool thing is, what the awesome thing is, is that there is tons of times when somebody comes along or something happens and they show up and they were that right person just at, at the right time and they just said something or they did something and it was just it was a God thing you feel me you know where I'm coming from that happens but then sometimes I think I think about what if what if that didn't happen what if that person that you really needed didn't show up you know how would that change the situation but then I thought about it you know somebody would say well God's gonna take care of them yeah, you're right. God is going to take care of him. He's good at his job. He knows what he's doing. But let me tell you my heart. My heart is, Stratford Heights, is that we would be the very people that would be the right person in the right place at the right time. We would be the people that God would say would be able to touch us, take us out of our routine, our focus, and be able to say, hey, reach out to that person at your work. Hey, they need something that person that, that you've been helping and that you've been taking care of, they need an encouraging word. My prayer is that we're that people. And if we don't break out of routines, you see, our routines, uh, they're like a, uh, a conditioned 
that we have on us. And they're built through several different factors. And what the enemy will do is he'll come along and say, he'll say, hey, you don't have enough time to be focusing on them or this. You got stuff to do. You don't have enough, you don't have enough money. Sometimes people will get scared and they feel like, I don't have the ability to, to, to do anything to reach out to somebody or to talk to them or, or just reach across the aisle and say, hey, how are you doing? So that, those things become, they condition us to where our routine is, you know, we just go through life and we just don't, hey, I got something important to do, don't, I can't be interrupted by this, this, and this. And if we're not careful, we end up totally missing the purpose of our life. We miss what we were really brought here to do. And that's what I wanted to talk to us about, to challenge us with. That I want us to be people that God can use to make connections. Make connections. Make connections. And, and when I say connections, Mo, I feel like I'm talking really fast, so you've got to tell me to slow down. When we make connections, what that means is, is, is you know, I'm sure the dictionary says, you know, two things coming together and joining, you know. That's what connection is. But for our purposes, I want to tell you what, when I refer to connections, I want to tell you what I mean when I say that. Connection is an investment of oneself to show care, trustworthiness, and help, and in an effort to fulfill God's will in the earth. What is that? It's not just a, hey, you... How are you doing today? And then walk away. But there's a heart behind that that's loving, that's caring. There's, there's a bond that's you know you have in your heart and your mind you want to build with somebody. There's a purpose behind what you're doing. That, that to me is a, a real connection. One of the greatest times of connection for me is being a minister here at the church. We do lots of hospital visits. When we go in, somebody's hurting, you know, they're in the bed. We ask, how are you doing? You know, we talk back and forth, we share. You know, when we pray and, and feel God touch in those situations, feel Him touch us and move in the room, and we get away from there and we get the good phone call. Hey, everything's going to be all right. The surgery turned out this way, and it's awesome. I've, I've been in my office and I'm like, yes, you know, celebrated. Somebody might look at me and be like, man, you're crazy. But what's happened is, is that God was in the situation. He created a connection, a bond. You know, they shared their heart, heart and I shared mine. There was something built there, more than just, hey, how you doing, and go on with things. There's a purpose. I believe more now than ever, more now, right now than ever, we need to be the people of God that are out doing good things, preaching the gospel with our mouth, but with our actions, living out the life that God has planned for us. See, there's a, a lot of other people, amen. And I think I know why you're clapping, because there's a lot of other people that are ready to die for it. They don't care about life. You know, we talked about these attacks in Paris. Those people cut out political whatever you want to say about it. There is an, an evil enemy that's behind blindly killing people by the hundreds. There's an evil force that's behind that that is on the, the offense, and it's taken it to the streets. But we have to. We have to. We're God's chosen people. And we're not just here just to, you know, hey, plant flowers in the ground. We're here to be God's army, to love and to care and to be a force. We're not going to go, 
you know, burn down some place that we don't agree with. That's not how God works. God moves in His care and His love, and He uses us to move into people's lives. It's a, it's a work. The lady, uh, Teresa Norman, said last week, it's one person at a time. We make a difference by making a connection over the, the neighbor's fence with the neighbor down the grocery aisle. We make a connection when it's down the pew with that person that you never really talked to before. You've seen them a bunch of times and you're like, you know, reach to the person on your right and shake their hand. I said, I, I pointed left, but I meant right. <laughs> hey, there we go. Awesome. We have a pur purpose in this life. We have a purpose in this life. Think about it. Liz, you've been around ministry for a while. There are tons of people that are waiting on ministry. Man, the ministry's coming. The ministry's coming. Boy, I'm going to get my break someday. Man, when the ministry happens, this is going to be awesome. But the ministry is around us. And if we don't fulfill the ministry... You know, you wonder, well, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Look around. Look around. Who are the people you're supposed to be loving that are in your life? You know, open up your eyes and look. Who are the people that you're supposed to love and care for? If we do not do that, if we get so wrapped up in our routine, then we miss everybody. We'll miss it all. We'll miss it all. And that's not what I want to do. The church, the church should be the place where people are connected, where people love where people know each other. There's people that are invested. I can't know everybody in the room. You can't know everybody in the room. But if we'll spread out, make some connections, and open our eyes, there'll be a, this will be a place of love. Hey, we've been here for 100 years. It's God. God. It's great. It's wonderful. But how do we go past 1,000 people? How do we go past here? That's when we care. We connect. We start loving people. We get out of our, get out of our routine and get out and love people and take care of people. That's when the church will be at its greatest. And that's when people from the outside, that's when the people will come and stay. God's here in a beautiful, wonderful way. But if there's no connection with people and they don't feel loved and feel some investment, they'll just, they'll, they'll, maybe they'll still come, but they'll just come for the service and hit the door and they're out of here. But when people find their church, it's because they've connected with God like Pastor Brian said this morning, they've connected with God, and they've connected with each other. That's how God is really going to move and work. And, and that's the church. That's the church that you're going to go out of here and say, come to my church. Come to my church. Because it's cool to have the good preaching in the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. But when you feel like your life is touched, when you feel like, man, there's people there that love me, that's when you're going to start telling everybody about it. God wants us to move. God wants us to be on purpose. If we, don't, if we don't move, if we don't make connections, we'll miss out on our purpose. Jesus was the greatest connector. <gasps> Newsflash, right? Jesus was the greatest, greatest connector. And look, if you look through the Gospels, if you look through the Gospels, you see one story after another where Jesus got down to one, one person. There could be a crowd, and he would point out one person, and they would end up having this conversation he maybe ask them a question or do something for them. There would be a healing. There would be something. And, and all of a sudden, it's like the whole world melted away. And it was just this one-on-one -on -one thing. He made a connection with him. But it was a connection because 
He wanted to love them. He wanted to help them. He wanted to be there for them. He wanted to be their, to be their Savior. There's just one situation after another. One after another, we see Jesus stopping. One-on-one -on -one conversations. He looked people in the face. He asked them specific questions, important questions, and he ministered to the need. Now check this out. Jesus was so much about connecting with people face-to-face -face that he walked and he picked out the disciples one by one. You see that one-on-one that -on -one connection clear through his whole ministry to where he's on the cross. And there's a lot. Imagine everything that's going on, his own torment, everything that's going on. He has a conversation with the thief next to him. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. This connection. There's this one, those one point and one time where, where God wants to move and wants to work. There's a perfect will that he has. Now I'm going to throw out some scripture here and we're going to talk about it real quick. I want to talk about Jesus and the woman at the well. And I'm going to kind of focus on the beginning of that story and the end of that story. Not necessarily so much what happens in the middle. But this is a perfect story of him making a connection uh, with a person. I know the pastor, I think he just talked about this last weekend, but I, I want us to look at it a little different way. John chapter 4 verse 3 up to 8 says this. It says, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go to Samaria. So we've always got that. We've got Judah and Galilee, and Samaria is not necessarily on the way. He goes out of his way because he needs to go to Samaria. There's something there that he has to do. Then he comes to the city of Samaria, Samaria which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his, with his journey, sat thus at the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me drink. Verse 8, now check this out. Verse 8 says, For the disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. And we know how this story plays out. Perfect, beautiful connection. Jesus is sitting there, and it's kind of like, I said this this morning, it's kind of like when you get on the elevator with somebody and it's just you and them and you have no idea who they are. You know, you, you, know, you look at the numbers, hoping that they go by really quick, or you stare at the door or the floor. Hey, how are you doing? Man, that weather, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like that awkward thing. So the lady shows up there at the, at the well, and there's Jesus. The, you know, his type of person, they shouldn't be talking to Sumerians, so that kind of throws her off, and she's expecting nobody there, so that kind of throws her off. So it's this situation. Well, what happens? Jesus starts in with a conversation. He starts this connection, and the connection goes from just a simple question, it goes into something deeper, and then deeper and deeper, until finally she walks away and realizes he's the Messiah, and she drops her water pitcher and runs off to tell people that, that, that he's the Messiah. She forgot like Pastor said last week, she forgot the, the, the reason why she even went there. But there was a bigger reason. There was a purpose behind that meeting there t that day. And Jesus went there on purpose. He knew he had to go there. There was a connection that was going to happen that was going to fulfill the very reasons why Jesus was brought to the earth. There was something big going on. And check this out. 
There was a purpose. There was a greater purpose there. So the disciples were gone. They needed lunch, but Jesus knew there was something more important than just having food. Well, let's look at the end of the story. Okay, this has all happened. The disciples come back. The disciples are like, hey, why are you talking to her? We're not supposed to talk to Samarians. This is kind of fishy. You know, what's going on? What's going on? So then they start in and they say this. This is a scripture we started with. It says, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. See, their minds are on something else. They, they look at Jesus and they're like, hey, he didn't eat. You need to eat, Jesus. Come on, get with the program, you know. Do we got a thing for you, too? You need to eat. So he looks at them and he says, I have food to eat, which you do not know. So what do the disciples do? They're like, did, did somebody else give him food? I don't, I don't see an empty uh, McDonald's wrapper or anything. So then, it, then Jesus replies, and he says this, Jesus said to them, for my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. This, the minds of the disciples, they were thinking about they were thinking about their bellies. They were thinking about the religious thing of, of staying away from this woman. But they weren't thinking about what was most important about that situation. Jesus, if you think about it, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of my Father. What mattered most was the will, the plan that God had for Jesus' life that he needed to go through and fulfill. That's what mattered most. matters most. Can I say this to us? I know we don't have all the time in the world. I know we don't have all the resources necessarily. And trust me, I know just as much as anybody how hard it is to try to talk to certain people at certain times. But there is a plan that God has. And Jesus knew this, and the disciples, they didn't get it right away. But Jesus made it clear to them, hey, there's stuff that's more important all that stuff that you said you're busy with, and we've got to go here and get food, and you've got to do all this stuff. There's something that's more important than that. Stratford Heights, there is time. Don't believe the lie that has boxed you into a routine that has kept you unaware of what's going on. There are things in your life that are more important than just what we're going to eat and what we, what we are going to eat. Matthew 6, 31 says this, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? Verse 32 says, For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Shake the person's hand on the other side of you. Whichever one you did the last time, do the opposite one. So think, let's think, who's at your job? Who's, who's that cashier you see all the time? Who is that person in, in your house that maybe you haven't have a really heart-to-heart -heart conversation with lately? Who are those people around you that God wants to use, the connection that you have with them to do something wonderful in their life? It's not a, well, you know, I guess it could work that way. That's exactly how it works. There's places, there's times, there's ways that God wants to use you and to move in their lives. And, and think of what would be different if we did. Your life would be different if somebody didn't make a connection with you 
and, and just be a friend to you. And it's, it's about salvation ultimately. But we as Christians, we always need somebody there in our life to encourage us that God would use to speak into us. I want to be right at any point in any time to be there and to do the right thing. Some of us with the uh, Clayton Street Mission, we've been talking. And we're talking about the month of December, and, and this is not an official announcement, but w because there's a little bit more to it. We've been talking maybe in the idea of the month of December, our church do like random acts of kindness where we help with somebody's groceries at the store or you know, pay for somebody's food, you know, one of those type of things. And, I, and we've been thinking about that. And there's something more behind it than just doing it. You know, we want to tell them that we love them, God loves them, you know, our church loves them, whatever. You know, just, just to love people. So I was thinking about that, and uh, it kind of coincided with, with my own personal life. You know, th this message is 90%, you know, my, my experience of where I come from. I've been, I've been praying if you're like me, you're around yourself all the time, and sometimes you don't like some of the stuff you do, you know? You just think, ah, oh, man, why do I do that for? But I, I have a tendency, uh, sometimes I correct people, you know, like, because I know what's right, and they've apparently quoted the, the uh, you know, the facts wrong. Or st I do stuff like that. Is Missy Anderson still here? I tried to have a five-second conversation with her, and I talked over her ten times before she could say anything because I felt like what I had to say was so important, I guess. So I deal with that, but uh, I'm telling you, there, there is times where I get alone with God, and, and I see how big He is. I get past myself and all the stupid stuff, and I just get to see how big He is and how incredible He is and how amazing He is. And, and it's more than I can, almost more than I can handle. But I'm like, I'm like, God, I want you to fill me so much that when I, when I talk with people, when I go to the store, when, when I'm around people, you can, hey, wake up and you can use me to, to minister to people. I want that. I pray about that. You know, like I said, I live with me, so I know how much of a goofball I am. But, but with the Lord working through me, God can do wonderful things. And, and it, it's not me necessarily. It's an investment that, that God's made in me. It's you. You're wonderful. You do awesome things when you get hooked up with God too. I went to the store the other day. And, and this is what this connection thing is all about. I went to the store and I wasn't even thinking about it. Here come a lady. And she had a turkey in her cart. She was already thinking about Thanksgiving. And we had specifically talked about turkeys. And I looked. And all of a sudden, I felt God touch my heart. And it, it wasn't necessarily to buy that turkey. But it touched my heart. God touched my heart. Because I was like, that, that's what we want to do. That's what we've been talking about. But the Lord touched me over it and touched my heart. And I, and I kind of walked around the aisle, you know, got away from the lady. I was just like, thank God. And the reason why I did that is because God's made an investment enough in me that he, could, that he could touch me and point something like that out to me. For us, that's what, that's what I want us to be. 
I want us to be so full of God, so overtaken with Him, that when we need to be the right person at the right time in the right place, we are that. And, and, and we need to move as God moves us, as we feel the Spirit inside of us, as we feel Him move, we need to, to move that way. God has something beautiful. God is so amazing. There is, there is us responding, hey, we need to get out and make connections because that's what we need to do. But there is a God that works inside of us to where I can't help but, I can't help but think like he thinks. I can't help but, but feel some of his compassion. And, I, and I'm just like, man, where can I, where can I serve? Where can I be used? I, I want to do that. And it's a deposit of, of God himself in me that, that draws me to do that. Draws me to do that. I want to end with this. Let me say this real quick before I close, and then i got something else to say. You might be here, and you might be fearful of, you know, of the way things are going to work. Well, God, you know, don't, don't push me out in front of a crowd of people. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that. Hey, God knows who you are. He knows where you're at. He knows where you're going to be. But if you'll be willing to say, hey, I, I want to. God, teach me. Show me. He's going to start to help you, develop you. This guy right here, my parents can tell you how bad I did in school. If there was any assignment to get up in front of a class of 25 goofy kids, I'd be like, F, zero, I'm not doing it. Nope, I'm not doing it. And I took zeros every time. I didn't want to get up there for nothing. Here I am blabbing in front of a thousand people, you know. And that's God. That's God. But, but, but be encouraged, you know, it's not, you know, you don't have to run out here and go on the street corner and start screaming the gospel as cars go by, you know, but let God develop you. But the other thing I want to say real quick that, that I meant to get to with that is that there are books, there are people that, that know how to talk and how to work with people that you can come alongside of and learn some social skills, learn some connection skills. But this is, this is the big thing. The last thing I want to point out that, that last scripture I read, John, 34, John 4 and 34, says this. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I got to really thinking about that. In the Amplified Version, that word food, they also put in the word nourishment. Jesus is saying, When I, when I do what God wants me to do, I get fed. Now, now think about that. In a physical sense, I would say, hey, man, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm going to get a hamburger. You know, if I had the hamburger in my hand, I said, man, I'm really hungry. Here, you have it. I mean, that, wouldn't, that just may, wouldn't make sense. But spiritually, spiritual food, when we do the will of our Father, that's when we get touched. And I want to say this. When we do what we're supposed to do, there's blessings. There's provision. There's satisfaction that comes back into our hearts and lives. The best being this, I feel like that when I serve, when I get out there, when I, when I step beyond my comfort zone and I just trust God and, and I be His, I find God in a different way like I never have before. 
I find Him so wonderful and so amazing. We're missing out if we stay in the routine and stay focused. Hey, I'm too busy. You're missing out. But if we'll figure this thing out, I'm telling you, you will be more happier than anybody else in this whole world if we figure out how to love and to take care of people, to look to other people. If you'd stand up with me. You go ahead and stand. We're going to talk about salvation real quick. Then we're going to do an altar call. It's going to be different, but, but we're going to explain it here in just a second. Every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would, everybody. This is just so people feel okay and they don't feel like somebody's staring at them. God is the ultimate one to, to know what's going on in everybody's life. He knows exactly what we need and where we are. God knew that, that we would come into this world and that every one of us would be sinners that needed a Savior. He's seen our need. He had a connection with us to know they're lost. They need salvation. They need somebody to stand in their, in their place to take a punishment of sin. They need a Savior. God knew exactly how to address the need. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross, perfect, His perfect offspring, to die on the cross for our sins, to pay a price for us so we didn't have to pay it, so that we could have salvation, meaning we could have a relationship with God in this life, and that beyond this life we could have eternity in heaven and not eternity in punishment. If that's you today and you, and you realize, man, God's making a connection with me right now. I, I feel it in my heart, my life. I, I'm challenged. I, I want to change. I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to get saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you and you would say, hey, I, I want, a prayer, want a prayer, a prayer to receive, receive forgiveness into my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand real quick and just say, hey, yeah, I want to pray. We've got two. Is there anybody else? Once you put your hands up once, you can put it back down. Two people want to make things right with God today. Is there anybody else? There's three. Is there anybody else? God loves you. He sees you in the crowd. You're not just a face. You're not just forgotten. There's three people that want to pray. Is there anybody else? All right. If you would, everybody, please join with me. Just pray this together. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a prayer. If you mean it from your heart, man, it's, it's as good as gold, and your life is going to be changed. If you would, everyone, please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for seeing me, seeing the need in my life, you saw my sin. I confess that I am a sinner. And I need a Savior to be forgiven of my sins. I'm asking for you to come into my life. Forgive me of all my wrongs. And be with me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate. Amen. Amen. If you, if you feel comfortable and you've made a decision 
about the Lord today and you're, you're looking for the next step, what goes on from here, see Melissa Grawl, this lady right here on the front row. She wants to talk to you. She's going to help you out a little bit. Okay, now when I did this at 8.30, some of the people hit the door running and, and there was like a ghostly figure of where they were standing. They ran out of here so fast. I told you it was going to be uncomfortable. But there's a method to my madness because I, I want us to talk about connections. What I, what I would like to do, let me give you some instructions, is I would like everybody, best you can, you know, not unless you're absolutely, you know, there's some reason why you can't. I, I understand that. But man with a man, woman with a woman, I want you to find somebody around you that you normally don't talk to, maybe you don't even know their name. I want you to connect with them, maybe share a prayer request back and forth if you feel comfortable to. I want you to, guys to pray over that need. And then we're, we're going to leave. But then next week when you come back, you're going to see that person. I want you to pray this week for them. But when you come back next week, you're going to see that person. You're going to see their face. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, we talked about that. And you're going to go to them and say, hey, how is it going with that? This is a connection. It's a connection exercise. And I believe God's in it. I believe God's in it. If I didn't, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't say it. But I believe that this very thing can change everything. So if you would, please go find somebody. I know you're like, uh, do I want to be the first person to move? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, if you would find somebody there. Man with a man, woman with a woman. Somebody close to. Ask a name. You're getting out of the routine. That uncomfortableness is the routine that you normally feel. You're getting out of the routine. If you would, share a prayer request with them. If you could, maybe pray with them. Then we'll all pray together and we'll get you out of here. Anybody, if anybody today needs special prayer and you want to pray with one of the ministers, you're more than welcome to come down the altar. We'll pray with you.
God bless you all. We love you. We'll see you tonight. Remember, make connections. Get out of the routine. Let God use you. Make a difference in the world. You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible for people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you join us for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.